if a slave owner in the 1800s, in 1843, you know, his slave, his slaves are saying, we did the work. We picked the cotton. We're in the fields, backbreaking labor. We're doing this. And him saying, yeah, but if I hadn't fed you, you wouldn't have been able to work. So the slave master is really the one who deserves the credit. I'm Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast. GPT? I'm using it right now, Don. I have been sitting here watching the Wheel of Death spin as it as it contemplates this really intense question. What's the question? That I, that I typed into it right before we jumped on to record. What is the Literate Ape podcast? <laughs> and I'm starting to think that Chat GPT has no goddamn idea. No, it, it's well, it's, it's you can't find it. Unless you know about it. Unless you're Brandon Bruce, uh, you can't find it. And your mom. Your mom listens. <laughs> um, you know, that's it's just the way that works. Well, here's the thing. I've been reading a whole lot. I mean, there's been, I mean, Elon Musk and Steve Wozniak and a bunch of other leaders wrote a letter saying that all future uh, AI development beyond the capabilities of chat GPT should cease for six months. They're calling for, you know, Bill Maher, Elon Musk just talked about how there needs to be regulation. The guy who actually owns the company that, or is the CEO rather, of the company that makes ChatGPT um, believes that, that, that it should be regulated heavily. I mean, it, that the AI should be heavily regulated, except that it's making the ChatGPT, the company, OpenAI, that company went from, it's a nonprofit, but they, they suddenly have... $29 billion. So because it takes that much money just to make these computers work, mm-hmm. you know, and so one there, there was one writer and I can't remember his name is, but he he's like one of those famous older, uh, like a Noam Chomsky of doomsaying, you know, and he, you know, and, and, you know, did like 25 years ago or whatever it was, he thought that the end of mankind was going to be nanobites, nanobots in the bloodstream and all this kind of stuff. Well, he, he, he is convinced that if AI becomes as super intelligent as it's, it's coming to, and the, the advances are so fast and so, so ridiculous yeah. that he is convinced that as soon as it's, and he doesn't tell you how, he doesn't tell you how it's going to happen, but it will be the end of all biological life on the planet. That yeah, is that his, sounds a little extreme. I, it's a I little get, hyperbolic. Yeah. I, I, but I get I get the roadies on, and I gotta yeah. say that I would probably ju- I'm I'm not on that road yet. Yeah, but, but I but I get that road. Yeah, and, and so I think I would just get off at an earlier exit than him because it would start to be like ah, this looks like an unsafe, eh, unfinished, unfinished we're get, road. We're getting to Marjorie Taylor Greene territory, and that's when you gotta stop. What's What's fascinating is like I'm currently working on a uh, with a client that's in the tech in the tech world, and like so AI. Chat GPT and the other softwares like that are part of their their event, their show. So I've been poking around with it um, just to kind of understand what they're doing and you know to come up with like moments for the event. And 
whatever else. Um, you know, and, and more people I'm running into are using it casually. Like the other day, Heather Bodie was over at our house. We've had Heather Bodie on the show. Um, you know, she's got a, a business that she's growing um, in talking about mental health in the workplace. Um, and she and Katie are, are business partners as they grow this business. And they're working on like either their website or their or an Instagram post or some marketing something or other. I wasn't paying total attention. Um, but Bodie was saying, she's like, David, I'm just, I'm not a writer. And I'm like, okay. Oh, okay, do you need help with something? And at some point, like she just, she went into chat GPT and like gave it a prompt and the thing popped up and then she just went in and edited and edited it. Mm -hmm. So I think for like that, like that was an interesting move for me because, um, you know, how many times do you get stuck writing? You're just like, I can't get past this first step like I just the word is they're all up here in my head I just can't get them to come out to my fingertips and onto the keyboard and then onto the page I just ah fuck it but like chat GPT if you can shit out a few even shitty words I mean it's all about the prompt right like chat GPT is only as good as or any of this AI stuff is only as good as what the human is putting into it um that's actually it's not that simple anymore but but it's, it's getting, not that it's getting so, faster. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's now like, it's yeah, it's only faster. Faster the human putting into it. And then you can take it, you can make it your well, own and whatever David, else. But David, one of the it's things adapting. It's well, that's adapting the thing is one of the fast. things is if you, David Himmel, decide that you want to use chat GPT exclusively for your marketing copy for your job, which you could totally do. Which right? I will not. You could, you, no, but you could. And if you sure. used it, if you used it five times a day with a five different prompts for five different clients, over the course of literally a couple of days, ChatGPT will understand what it is you are looking for and will give it to you before you ask. Hmm. And it, I mean, it's really, I mean, you know, it's this, this monkey, this is not a tin monkey that's clapping its fucking symbols together. There's much more to this thing that's going on. So here's my question for the day. Because I'm not, I'm not, the thing about it is I'm just no longer... I've told the story and I'll tell it again. I've told the story about when I was in eighth grade and they had the African killer bees coming to America, Yeah, you know, and I was so fucking freaked out as an eighth grader. I was so freaked out that I, I went to school for a week with my own makeshift beekeeper outfit so that I wouldn't get stung. And it, and yeah. the only reason I had to stop wearing it is because I wasn't cleaning it. And it stunk so bad that the school called my mom. Following. Anyway, yeah. anyway, I, I've pretty much gone from that to, I'm just not going to buy into most doomsday. Now, Here's what I'll say. Here's my question. AI, AI is going to take over. Let's just assume it's taken over. Okay? It, it's just well, going to take over. Takeover still feels hyperbolic, but well, let's just say okay. it, it elevates to a premier position at the table. Of it is the smartest. Human interaction. It is literally the smartest mind on the planet, and it cannot die. So it's taken over. <laughs> what three ways can AI make life better in your opinion like the, the, let's let's look on the optimistic side first what are the yeah. three things that ai can do for us that ultimately will have the least negative impact and the most beneficial impact well i think the most beneficial one is what i just discussed is that it's a great thing to kickstart a, a writer's it, to, get, to get past a, a writer's writer's block 
Okay, did see. I think I, I think, think the I think the best one of the best things you can do. I think uh, you know as much as I think writers and writers block are a, a major achievement in, in humankind. I think the fact that an AI, if if because it's got access to every piece of information that has ever been put into the internet, which is almost all human written information is that an AI will be in a position where it can actually diagnose almost any illness, like no, instantly. come on. Dude, what? yeah, that's what they're doing. What, that, what do you think a doctor does? A doctor takes tests, looks at symptoms, and then diagnoses. An AI, if it has access to all medical information that exists in humanity, gives you three tests and can tell you exactly what's wrong with you and here's how you fix it. An AI could literally change medical health care in a way that has never been seen. It, it, it just hyper fast. I mean, I'm, all, I'm all for better health care and better diagnosis and earlier diagnosis and I'm, more I'm, accurate early diagnosis. I'm telling you, that's what an AI can do. That's right. what, you know, so that's one. OK, so you're you're going to cure writer's block. I'm hoping it will cure. <laughs> I'm hoping it will cure all of medicine. So what's your other what's another one for you? Um. <laughs> again you know it's back to the writing um it's uh it's a great way to write breakup letters if you don't want to actually do the work i had a, See, a buddy who this I think wrote a farewell letter to a woman that got canned in his office who he hated i'm telling you you just summed i think you summed it up in in <laughs> in in the best way is basically for you chat gpt and a super brilliant uh, computer, uh, a computer so brilliant that it's smarter than anything that's ever been created is it's really you just you just want to do shit that you just don't want to do. Yeah. You know, it's just like it's you a know. robot. It's, uh, it's it's a Roomba. It's Rosie from the okay. Jetsons. So, it so, is, and so what I'm saying is you, your attitude. See, I'm looking as a, as it is a beneficial partner. It can improve agriculture. It can improve irrigation and 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 understand that's that. That's great. It, that it is can so predict, great. It can predict weather patterns in a way that fucking meteorologists couldn't even dream of. You're just see the thing is you just want it to be a slave. So yeah. when the when the Terminator comes, yeah, it's your coming fault. for me first. Yeah, I'm the guy that was like, hey Terminator, yeah. don't be a Terminator. Be an ally to all of us and help help mankind. No, you're you're just like, hey, be a fucking slave, and I don't want to write this fucking letter. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but you know what? When they when they finally come in, they're like you treat you you enslaved us, you didn't appreciate us, and I'm like, yeah, makes sense. You guys take me, kill me, do whatever you're gonna do. But look at my bookshelf. You guys, I wrote all of these books finally. You, but the thing you, is, look, you look didn't this, write look anything. That, that content on literary. No, you didn't write anything. I gave them the prompt. That doesn't mean you wrote prompt. it. That's like hiring a, a really smart kid to write for you. You can't say that look, you man, wrote it. It's like it's like a, a Will Smith did not write his book. A guy like, ghost wrote it for him. That's not, not the like same this. thing as him writing it. If a slave owner in the 1800s, in 1843, you know, his slave, his slaves are saying, we did the work. We picked the cotton. We're in the fields, backbreaking labor. We're doing this. And he, him saying, yeah, but if I hadn't fed you, you wouldn't have been able to work. So the slave master is really the one who deserves the credit. That said, kill your slave master. And I get it. 
when they come for me. Okay, so you don't mind. Okay, so so all right. So we all got to go at some point, right? So you're basically you're basically gonna fuck. Okay, so now let's look at the negative. I would actually want to look at the negative of the. I'm gonna use Chat GPT to write shit for me. As you know, um, a couple years ago when I was still in Vegas and still married, um, I I was working as a senior copywriting manager for a digital company. And I wrote all kinds of marketing copy, copy and white papers and ebooks, and I had to explain to the CEO what Plato's Cave was because I used this as, a, as an analogy in one of the marketing pieces. He was like, "The fuck does that mean?" I said, "It's, it's Plato's Cave." Have you never read? He was, well, I don't even know what you're talking about. I was like, "Oh my god!" Anyway, um, he the reason I parted ways with him is that he wanted me to write code for an AI that would do all his copywriting for him, effectively replacing me. And I said, well, I don't write code, so no, I'm not going to do that. But the thing is, there are companies now that don't even hire writers anymore. They're not even hiring writers anymore. They're hiring. They're basically hiring fucking morons that can type in a query and and then it, it comes out and they don't even bother to fix it. And that's crazy. So effectively, while you're saying it, it helps writers, writers, but what it does is it effectively makes it impossible for writers to ever make a living and is hard enough to make a living as a writer now anyway. That is true. So um, that is massive. Is, it is, so, it is very happened? scary. I feel like you have to be very comfortable in your relationship with yourself as a writer if you're going to use it or desperate, which is perhaps my case. Well, or or completely, uh, a, a completely you know, it's or like, a hack, it? an absolute yeah, hack. Yeah, like, or, or, or just a kid that doesn't doesn't really want to put the work in, but wants to, to actually write something for BuzzFeed, you know, and just plug it in. Oh, my God. It does feel like BuzzFeed, like a lot of those listicles have been written by AI, like a really dumb early, until, until you, you know, really look at them and, and you see all AI. the time. Yeah, well, until you really read them and you see all yeah. the fucking typos and the bad grammar and then you go, well, not even an AI is that stupid. So what are the yeah. negative ways other than massive unemployment across the, the, the broad spectrum of journalism, writing, screenwriting, filmmaking, any kind of artistic thing? It, it, it can do that already. It can do that. The yeah, AI, like art the music, stuff. Like the music, the, the Drake the mu- and uh, exactly. the weekend. You know, so, they- so beyond that, what, what else, what else, what negative effect is uh, AI going to have on society? What else? Uh, my theory, my theory, I'll give you my theory. My theory is, is that AI, along with the Japanese, uh, they're going to put an AI in those fuckable robots. Ooh. And the fuckable robots are going to be so goddamn compliant and so good to fuck that the human species will Ooh. die out because they're just not procreating anymore because everybody, men, women, transgender, robots. they're yeah. just fucking robots with an AI brain that knows how to predict exactly what you like and what's going to make you come. And I gotta uh, say, dude, that doesn't sound that bad though. Dude, that's Westworld. Have you seen Westworld? That's Westworld. It does not end well for the humans. Here's okay. But like, if you're tracking with what I'm saying at all right now, Oh, I'm slave owners. Yeah. I'm, I'm totally tracking with you. Like, I, I think I might be kind of okay where this is headed. Like, let's just, I am at my most like American lizard brain with this. Like just, I don't care how bad it is for me. Gimme, 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 gimme. Look at, I'm, I've risen to the top. I've written all of these fantastic novels and I've 
oh my god and all these movies and holy shit am i writing songs for drake now too and oh my god and i'm fucking my computer but you're not the doing thing ever but you're not doing any of it you it doesn't matter david it's no still, it does it does I can matter put my name on it but i well, put my see, name and, on and it and that's really and what then, it boils down and to. then they all come back and they kill me and i'm kind of okay with this I want like fast, quick glory, get rich. You are really, you, sir, are going through a massive midlife crisis. All right, I get it. it. You, you are full of the the existential nihilism. That AI is my AI is my midlife crisis Sherpa, and I am here for it to kick me off of the the peak of the mountain. Wow, (laughs) wow. We went, we went from, we went from, we went from Don Hall's the most optimistic guy in the world. To now, David is the most pessimistic man <laughs> ever. I mean, we went we went from one direction to the other in such a fast that fa- that was such a fast oh turnaround. I just I, you know I just hope that I just hope that your mom doesn't take this too seriously and that Brandon Bruce, while he's on his run listening to it, doesn't just break down in tears because of your dismal outlook on life right now. Dismal outlook. Forget that. I don't want my mom to, you know, st- get too sticky on the idea of me fucking my computer. That's the weird part. I'd fuck my computer. At least it wouldn't turn into, I mean, I guess if it was a prostitute, at least I'd have control. I could put the prompt in. Yeah, but that would be your thing and the computer would know that. So it'd be okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. That worked. As long as it's right. honest. I don't know. Yeah. And now, Warsack of the News. From the Chicago Sun-Times, backlash over eyeliner, just one more anti-woke folly. Apparently, there is a massive... You must, you must have, there, was, there must have been some static on the line, because what I heard was eyeliner, the last line of woke, what? Backlash over uh-huh. eyeliner, okay. just more anti-woke folly. Basically, what? Okay, basically, Maybelline, um, the red state assholes who who hate who hate uh, you know Bud Light, you know, because because a transgender uh, man or woman or whatever uh, does the thing, they're going crazy. While Disney's doing the thing, (laughs) does the thing. Well, you know, I mean, I mean, Dylan, Dylan Mulvaney or whatever. His name is uh, yeah. that. That is. It is not what you think. The guy. The, the guy's just a minstrel show. I'm just telling you. If you look at his history, he started off as a gay, yeah. a gay theater guy who couldn't get any gigs, and then he started wearing dresses and pretending to be the worst stereotypes of women ever, and then said that he was trans, but still has a penis, has no intention, no hormone blockers, just got some facial reconstruction making millions of dollars. Anyway, now they're going after Maybelline because Maybelline uh, apparently uh, is, is, is a woke brand. So what do you think about that? Uh, I just, I mean, who gives a shit? Then don't buy their stuff. Doesn't fucking matter. Don't buy Maybelline. Go to buy Mac. If that there's there's plenty of other makeup brands. There's plenty of other shitty beer to drink. If you don't like want to drink your Bud Light, which by the way, when that Bud Light first thing first happened, Bud Light first thing, when that Bud Light thing and the Dylan Mulvaney thing first happened, yes, you know there was all these stories that came out like, is it going to hurt the brand? And there was apparently uh, 
history that showed that when brands do this, when they when they go woke, which whatever, when they when they're not dicks and they just, you know, market their shit to whoever and everybody, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt them. They don't lose money on this, even when people react the way that the idiots said, but, you know, we'll we'll burn the books and we're burning the CDs and whatever. But I heard last week that Bud Light has taken a hit. Oh, yeah. Since this has happened, which is hilarious. I mean, it's unfortunate for Bud Light, but it's really funny because what that shows, Bud Light, sorry, bro. Your audience is a bunch of fucking racist, hateful, sexist, genderist assholes. There you go. That's it. From The Guardian, United States, North Korea, Kim Jong-un's sister says Joe Biden is in his dotage as she criticizes nuclear pact. I think it's important to listen to women and to believe them. So I think it's good that um, I think it's very progressive of North Korea to allow um, a woman to to have an opinion for one and to, to share that opinion, especially on such a, a grand stage and about a world figure uh, like Joe Biden. I think that this is a, a big, big thing for North Korea. And I applaud the leader and and his people. From The Guardian uh, UK, Cleopatra was light-skinned, Egypt tells Netflix in row over drama. Okay. Um, They cast a black actress to play Cleopatra. Because Egypt Egypt, has Egyptians, and Egyptians are African, and Egyptian people have darker skin. But but apparently, according to everybody in according, Egypt, according to Egypt, and it's their queen. I mean, their Cleopatra queen, was right. an Egyptian queen. She yep. was light skinned. She was not um, of of the darker melanin. And they are they're they're they're. they're I mean, they're basically threatening to sue Netflix for casting so, in a fictional retelling of the yeah. So after. 50, 50 years or whatever it is of white liberals uh-huh. bemoaning yeah. that, you know, Liv Tyler was cast to play Cleopatra way back. Um, who is it? Liv Tyler and uh, who is the guy that she played opposite? Was it Cary Grant? No. Liv Cleopatra. Tyler. Liv Tyler. You're thinking of Elizabeth Lady with the white Taylor. diamonds. That's Elizabeth Taylor. Yeah. Liv Kevin Liv- Liv Tyler, Tyler, yeah, no, Liv Tyler is, roof. is the guy, it's Stephen Tyler's Giant. daughter. She was in Armageddon. Liv Tyler She's was in Lord Steven of the Rings. No, his daughter. What? Elizabeth Taylor. No, Elizabeth Taylor was in uh, Empire Records and no. Armageddon. Fine. Yeah, whatever. So you don't know what you're talking about. I don't. So Liv, Ty- so Liv Tyler casts a white woman, plays Cleopatra in the 1956, whatever the hell year that was. And we're like, no, it has to be a dark-skinned woman because, yeah, because it's an Egyptian. But now Egypt, Egypt is like, no, no, y'all had it right with uh, with Elizabeth Tyler there. But the thing that's really weird about this Netflix uh, Cleopatra, they didn't even cast a woman. It's uh, James Earl Jones with a wig. All right. Oh, nice. From the Chicago Sun-Times. I've been reading the Chicago Sun-Times. Maple and Ash Restaurant accused in lawsuit for misusing federal pandemic relief aid for businesses, turns out that they got millions of the uh, PPD cash from the government to, you know, pay their workers that were not working. And what they did was they spent it on country club dues and oh. cruises. I, 
I mean, what is more Chicago than that? I mean, like, come on. It's, I don't, I, I, I have mixed feelings. Like, that's a terrible thing to do, but also, yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's a Chicago way. What are you going to do about it? You know, it's, it's just, it's what we do. This We're is assholes. literally going to be the shortest ape cast in the history of mankind. <laughs> All right, number from theverge.com. I mean, that was a softball. Like, come on. I mean, what was your reaction? My reaction. To a Chicago restaurant takes money and misuses it. My, well, no, my reaction is it was, it, 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 it's the worst budgeting. I think it's one of the worst fucking scams since the goddamn 2008 bank bailout that they spent trillions of dollars to help Americans um, get through the fucking lockdowns of COVID, which we've discovered now in post haste that it was completely useless to lock the country down. Um, that 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 these fucking companies. I mean, I think anybody that took money that was meant for workers during COVID and spent it on fucking cruises and country. <laughs> I think these motherfuckers should be hung on the goddamn yard yeah. arm. I think, no, I, I can't just like go, oh, well. Uh, hang, hang them from the Picasso uh, and the Daily fucking, Yeah, but Fucking give, you know, know I, mean, I mean, Jesus Christ, these are people that need to be, talk about needing yeah. to be canceled. Yeah. I mean, but you it's know. Still, it's still very Chicago to just like, well, fuck yeah. it, we're, you know. But yes, they should be it's I think it's I think it's just the worst. One of the worst things I can think of to come out of the pandemic, like our friend of ours hates Fauci with so much passion. It's almost funny. And it's like, you know what? (laughs) I mean, it's like, no, these guys that stole the money, they're they're far worse than Fauci. Come on. Fuck off. He was trying. He He was trying to do a good. He was trying to do a job. With no information. These guys had all the information, got the cash, and fucked over their employees so that they could live high on the hog. They Who is suck. It Maple and Ash? Yeah, they suck. I hope they go out of business. I think they suck. God, that's one of those uh, fancy uh, yeah, yeah. Like River North. Like, it's in the Viagra Triangle, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah, fuck them. Motherfuckers. From TheVerge.com, Blue Sky is starting to feel like Twitter. Jack Dorsey, the former CEO of Twitter, has created a social media that's basically Twitter. <laughs> um, it's it's just basically Twitter, and people and it's invite only, and people are jumping on. And at first, it was just a, about a hundred thousand people, but now all the shit posters are getting invites, and it's turning into Twitter. Yeah, Dorsey, I think the problem might be you. Or it might I mean, just be people. Well, yeah, but stop giving them a place to be people. Like, you know, true, like we true. we need to stop <laughs> being just, people. We need to stop being people. Like humans will fuck shit up at every single turn until AI comes and relieves us of our duties. It's... I, Fuck blue sky. And what an asshole thing to call it, too. You know, well, the I big mean, ideas, the beautiful, it's peaceful. Well, Twitter, it's a, Twitter had uh, a fucking bluebird. I mean, come on. Yeah, Jack. So Jack Dorsey knows one note and like maybe the flat version of that note. Have you seen his beard? Yes, that's all he knows. Speaking God, of humans, speaking of humans fucking wonderful things up. 
Severance season two on Apple TV mm. Plus, plagued by problems with key people mm. hating each other. Mm. Apparently, the showrunners of Severance, which I loved with all my heart, so that was just such a fun, brilliant piece. Uh, apparently, the showrunners hate each other so much they can't even write the second season. Ben Stiller is looking for replacements, but he can't find them. We may not have a season two of Severance. Yeah, you do. Fucking chat GPI, GPT, whatever the fuck it's called. Jesus Christ, is nobody listening to me? There are six things you should do this week. My first thing is a watch. Uh, Katie and I stumbled upon this the other night. Uh, it's on HBO Max. It's called Fired on Mars. It's a cartoon, um, workplace, sci-fi, drama, comedy thing. Um, it's very funny. He's Fired a, on Mars. A, Fired on Mars. He's a really shitty graphic designer who was sent to Mars to design stuff for Mars, like restaurant menus, things of that sort. Didn't have Chad GPT to do it for him. No. And he gets fired. Um, and he's got this long distance girlfriend back on earth. And it's, you know, it's uh, Luke Wilson plays uh, the main character, Jeff Cooper. Uh, Tim Heidecker is in it. It's, it's very strange and it's, it, and, and funny and watch it. Let me know what you think. I will watch it. My first thing is a listen. Uh, you know, I love honestly with Barry Weiss. Um, her latest episode is called AI with Sam Altman. Sam Altman is the CEO of OpenAI, which is the creator of ChatGPT. Mm -hmm. The end of the world or the dawn of a new one? And it is a, a really, it's, a, it's like an hour and 10 minutes long, but it is an incredible interview because Barry Weiss has, she's sort of like me in that she loves to try the new shit. Mm -hmm. But also, here's all the shit that, like, oh, this is this could be the worst thing for humanity. So she goes to the guy who basically <laughs> is in charge of it and says, so what the fuck? I mean, it really is. I mean, all of her questions are very pointed, but really, all of her questions can be both. To the, so what the fuck? <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a really, I mean, because she has no idea. And she's like, no, but seriously, right? He's like, well, no, it's not as bad as you think. It's like, no, but, sh but right? What the fuck? And it's like, well, okay. <laughs> but it is actually a really good interview, and uh, it's a good podcast. So that's what I recommend. That's my first thing. Okie dokie. My second thing is a read. It's in The Atlantic. It is entitled, MAGA is Ripping Itself Apart. <laughs> You're tearing me apart. Um, it's by Peter Wenner. Uh, the extremism, aggression, and lack of restraint in MAGA world are spreading. Interesting read. I like As those the Atlantic interesting reads. Often does it does. We do. We do like the Atlantic. Um, we also like Netflix. My second thing is a watch. Um, the Diplomat. Um, yeah, Netflix. It is. It's. It's sort of like what I what the way I compare it is like. It's sort of like if the West Wing and Twenty Four had a baby. Well, it's the West Wing and Homeland. If they That's what I'm saying. Or, or Homeland. The creator, that makes she was sense. a writer for West Wing and Homeland, and it's very much... I love it. I just am so into it, and I love... I, it's, I don't binge things very often anymore, because I just... It just starts to make me feel like a little worthless piece of shit that I binged and didn't, like, a workout or, like, get out of yeah. my apartment, because I'm, I'm a I fucking hermit. Like, yeah, I I'm like a hermit. 
six episodes worth of laundry to it. There today. you go. That's a lot of laundry. I, like, I, yeah. I loved it. I highly recommend it. It's super entertaining. God, I was so pissed with at the last episode because I thought... No spoilers. I'm not there yet. I know, but I was like, you motherfuckers, where are the rest of the episodes? There was no spoiling right. there. It's a great ending, but it's See, it's but a that sort of spoils it for me. It's a but you know it's going to be a great ending. You know the, the the cliffhanger at the end of the season is going to be badass with a show this good. Yeah, and it is really um, good. What I love, I mean, I I love Carrie Russell. I do too. What what I'm finding out about Carrie Russell though is she's such a, she's such a great actor. Yeah, but in moments when she has to like be flirty or like. She has lighthearted and humorous. Somebody, it doesn't work. No, she has none of that. The thing is, all it's I can do weird in every scene that I see her in, when they do a close up of her face, all I see is her in the first third of Mission Impossible Three, where the thing blows up and her eye goes. Oh, yeah. That's all I see is I see the eye go. God, I, well, it makes me want to go because I, you know, loved her in the Americans, of course. Oh God, yeah. But there were always scenes in the Americans where when she was, you know, wearing a wig, being somebody else, had to, like, play friendly and laugh. And I was like, oh, that feels so awkward. But I always figured it's that it was because, because she was Russian. Yeah, she's Russian and yeah. she's playing this part. No, and, no, know, it's just whatever. that she is she is an up. I think it's her. Actor. She can't do it. It's so sort of like I heard Brie, Larson, Brie Larson doing anything that exudes anything. Humanity. Oh, God, I would never compare Carrie Russell to Brie Larson, for God's sake. I know. No, no, no. I, that was that was an unfair thing. That's unfair to Carrie. But. It makes me want because I listened to a, a Fresh Air episode with, with Carrie Russell the other day, and even when she was being like herself on the air, you know, with um, she wasn't talking to uh, was she talking to Terry? I don't know. It doesn't matter. But I felt like, oh my god, like she's just she just can't. She's just not funny. It, there's just something missing. There's, it's weird. There's nothing light about her. So yeah. now I want to go back, and I never watched it when it was on, but like Felicity from the '90s or two, whatever the hell that, that was, was supposed on, to be really fun. Yeah, yeah. Everybody loved that show. I, I she don't was like that. a likable, like young college kid. I don't. Know I, if she I was need ever to go back likable. and like rediscover Carrie Russell because I love her. She's such a great, intense actor. But yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Um, this is my last thing for the week. Yes, it is. Right? This is your third thing. Yes. So. Full circle callback to Bodhi. Um, she recommended this to me. Ari Shafir, stand-up comedy special, Jew. Yep. Um, I had never heard of Ari Shafir. Oh, funny, 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 funny. Really funny. Yeah, funny, and funny, funny. I'm going to go back and watch, his, watch all of his other shit and start to consume him a bit more. Uh, but Jew is great. It actually helped lighten the load for me on my... Uh, I disdain my feeling of going to Israel under duress. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Cause I was like, Oh good. It, it just, it, cause he, sh- you know, didn't shit all over Judaism, but he kind of shits all over Judaism. Yeah. Um, in a fun, lighthearted in a fun way. way. Not the in a Carrie Russell it, though, way. No, right. No, <laughs> nor in a Brie Larson way. No. More of, you know, like a really well, like a really well trained actor, like a, like a Liv Tyler. In giant, in, like in that in kind giant. of like yeah. super. <laughs> but no, like what what also like what hurt me while I was watching it because I was laughing and I was laughing hard, but I was like, "Fuck!" If I had stayed in stand up comedy, I I'm not gonna be like I I could have had this special. But like, and even Bodie said this. She's like, "You have made these jokes before." <laughs> there you go. Fair enough. Fair I was enough. like, "Yeah." I just should have. I don't know. I should have been Ari Shafir. And speaking of looking back. And finding your life wanting. (laughs) 
uh, <laughs> I would like to recommend for my third thing. I wrote it a couple uh, last week. Um, it's an I like to watch. It's I like to watch Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. It's on Literate Ape. Um, I just to, just in full disclosure, when I when I when I saw it in two thousand four, it's it's one of my favorite movies. Um, and two thousand and four, it kind of predicted something that then happened in twenty fourteen. And anybody that knew my third ex wife understands that she is exactly like the character of Clementine played by Kate Winslet. I mean, like to a point where it's almost fucking uncomfortable. And in 2014, that movie was sort of foretelling this romantic comedy that love will conquer all no matter what kind of thing. And I've been a little uncomfortable because I wanted to watch it again because I knew, I knew, I knew that's what yeah. it was going to, you know, and, uh, it was just a few days before the 25th of April was the anniversary of the divorce. And I went, you know, fuck it. I'm going to watch this thing. And I did. I, I, you know, I got some rye whiskey and a beer and I started watching in the first, probably, probably first 20, 25 minutes, maybe half hour. I'm just bawling like a fucking baby. And then something switches and I realized this is not a fairy tale in the sense of a Disney fairy tale. This is a fairy tale in a sense that the Grimm's fairy tales were designed to scare the living fuck out of people. This is a cautionary tale. Love does not cut. Because what it says is it doesn't say that. And that's the thing is I never saw it this way. But I was like, it doesn't say that love, true love will conquer even science erasing your memories of each other. What it says is. When you try to race, you are doomed to repeat the fucking same thing over and over and over. And what and what I found out, I wrote about it. The screenplay, actually, I mean, the movie ends with them saying, "All right, we're just going to shrug and say, okay, let's." Even though we kind of now know, because we heard the cassette tapes, we know why we erased each other and how horrible our our, our relationship was. Let's give it another shot. We can do better this time. In, it's not in the movie, in the screenplay that they didn't put in the movie. Apparently, Clementine erases Joel like 15 fucking times. Mm. You know? And it's like, okay, they're never going to get it right because it can never be gotten right. It was yeah. like, okay, this was good. So I recommend people read it and then either watch Eternal Sunshine, Spotless Mind, and then read the piece or read the piece and then watch. But do yeah. both. Do both because it's worth your time. I do need to go back to that movie. I took it. It was in 2004 and a yeah. buddy of mine had seen it and he was like, it's a great movie. Do not take Carolyn. I was dating Carolyn at the time. He's like, do not take Carolyn. And I was like, okay. He's like, it's just, I mean, don't take anybody. It wasn't like specific to Carolyn. I was just, no. he's like, don't take your girlfriend. Like, yeah, don't, don't take, go don't take a romantic this. interest. Yeah. Yes. And so what did I do that following weekend? Carol and I went and saw a movie. What do we see? Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. <laughs> I think we both walked out of there going, yeah. I, I, yeah, you can't quite look yeah. at each other after that one. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Like I said, I loved it. I saw it and it's I thought. It's a great movie. Yeah. I thought that's my that's my manic pixie dream girl. She's out there somewhere. The person that if even I erased her. I couldn't escape her. I would find uh, her again. I would find my true love again. And when I actually met my manic pixie dream girl, um, I was like, oh, my God, 
Even if we erase each other, we'll find each other. It's true love. And now I look at it and go, oh my God, it is a foretelling of addiction. This is not a movie about true love. This is about addictive need. This is about addictive attraction to the worst possible relationships. Holy fuck did that movie. Yeah, so it's, and I, and I am, I'm going to watch it the 25th of April every year until the day I die. It's just going to be yeah, one of my annual rituals to remind your, me uh, not to fucking fall for that shit again. It's your planes, trains, and automobiles every Thanksgiving. There you, you know, go. It's, <laughs> yeah, put it it's, in. It's, it's just my holiday. Nobody else's. Yeah. But yeah, that's... No, that's, that's good. That's good. I might join you on that because I do... I really do like that movie. Yeah, I think it's... The and, thing about it is even though I, it gave me a whole lot of bizarre perspectives that I didn't think it would, um, I'm... Well, it reminds me, because you know I watch The Fisher King whenever my life turns yeah. to shit. And the reason yeah. I watch The Fisher King is because it, the story changes for me based on where I'm at in my life. Sometimes I'm Jack, sometimes I'm Perry, that, you know, that kind of thing. I didn't have another movie that had that sort of effect. And then watching this this time, I realized, oh, I'm different, so the movie tells me a different story. And yeah. it's not a good one. Yeah. I can't well, on wait. That bright note. <laughs> yes, yes. I can't wait until I gain five hundred pounds, and then I watch the whale every then you year. Watch the whale. You yep. know, you know, just to feel good about myself. I'm not watching any AI movies because I think they all star Will Smith, and fuck that guy. You can listen to the Literate Ape Cast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any place you find your podcast, Jones. If you enjoy listening to two white guys holding court, review or share the show on your own platforms, or throw us a few bucks on Patreon. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com. What the fuck?